It's Valentine's Day, and damn, I wish I loved anything as much as the uniparty snakes love sending our American tax dollars to foreign countries. This show starts now. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. The vote we will soon take to provide military weapons for Ukraine is the most important vote we will ever take as United States senators. Our efforts have been more than worth it. Today we witnessed one of the most historic and consequential bills to have ever passed the Senate. Well, there you have it, folks. Senator Mitt Romney and Senator Chuck Schumer supposedly representing different parties, but in reality, they're the same person. They represent the Uniparty, but they ought to just represent Ukraine, given sending your money and my money over there seems to be their favorite pastime and priority. Them and 68 others, including these 22 so-called Republicans, Two of those losers, Rounds and Thune, come from my home state of South Dakota, one of the reddest of the red states in the nation, yet here we are. Important to note that some of the folks in the Senate who voted to send our money to Ukraine are not seeking re-election. They don't give a crap about this country or you. They're just setting themselves up for their next consulting job or position on a board. These rats in the Senate make $174,000 a year to sell you down the river. That's just their salary, by the way, not the kickbacks. Do you know what the average annual salary is for the American person? Well, it's just under 60K. So these uniparty sellout losers are making almost triple that and meanwhile vote to send our cumulative crumbs to Ukraine. $95.3 billion to foreign countries. That's $95.3 billion we don't have, by the way, and not one red cent for the United States of America. The biggest benefactor is also the least important to our national interest, Ukraine. Another $60 billion for that tracksuit weasel Zelensky. You know, they say they want to stick it to Putin, but meanwhile, look at what Joe is doing to actively and purposely hamper our domestic energy production. So is this really about sticking it to Putin, or is this just another disgusting love affair between American leaders and Zelensky? Go up to one person struggling to afford groceries, rent, gas, or daycare and ask them how much of a flying rat's ass they give about Ukraine. 
Your country is being invaded by millions. Thousands of our veterans are homeless on the streets. Elderly folks can barely afford housing or food. Schools are failing, infrastructure failing, and your so-called leaders voted to send $95.3 billion to foreign countries. There's also $14.1 billion for Israel, $9.2 billion in humanitarian assistance, likely meaning for Iran and Hamas, and $4.8 billion to support regional partners in the Indo-Pacific. So my first question for my next guest, Fox News contributor and former Utah Congressman Jason Chaffetz is, Jason, has there ever been a war that the United States taxpayer hasn't funded both sides of? Yeah, you make a great point, Tommy. Look, what's wrong with America first? The idea that we are going to put America first. What is lost on these senators? By the way, those comments, a little mellow, mellow dramatic in, in my opinion. First, you got to take care of yourself. You got to secure the homeland and the money. That's where this money should be going. It's a lack of political will. They just spend this money and throw it around like, you know, to to all players in all places. And, and what happened when when Russia went into the state of Georgia and took over roughly 25% of that nation? Not much, nothing. Uh, what about under Barack Obama when uh, Russia came in and took over Crimea? Again, uh, just kind of, hey, we shouldn't have done that. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to break the piggy bank and, and fund everything in the world. to. And what about all the waste, fraud, and abuse, the money that's already gone there? That's what drives me crazy is... We know that only a small fraction of that money actually got to the weapons that we were supposedly wanted to fight back the Russians. Most of it went to other people and who knows who got rich. Yeah, one of the most corrupt countries in the world is Ukraine and yet we keep sending yeah. money over there and hoping for the best, I suppose. But Jason, you gotta you gotta tell me this because I know that you spent a lot of time in DC. You got a lot of friends that are still in elected office. I don't understand, number one, why Democrats are suddenly the war party, and two, why certain Republicans are so gung-ho about Ukraine. I don't think a lot of Americans have an appetite to keep helping Ukraine. Maybe at the beginning, a year and a half, two years ago, you had a lot of people with their Ukraine flags, but now it's pretty much just our elected leaders and then a few people that are still wearing masks with Ukraine flags, and that feels like it's about it. Yeah. So on the Democratic Party side, it really is amazing how the Democratic Party has totally flipped and changed. Um, I, I The old traditional liberal, I don't think there's room. I think they're a very progressive party, but there's another segment of their party that is just, whoa, they, they that, that Hillary Clinton wing of the party that just wants to go to war everywhere all the time with everything. I, I just, I really don't understand it. And as far as the Republican Party, yeah, there seems to be an age gap. Not not 100%, but I saw this analysis that said the older octogenarian type uh, crowd there in the Senate, they really want to to do this. But the younger senators, they are, you know, you think of like a Senator Mike Lee and some of these other younger senators out there who are taking a very different position. Um, I think it's more reflective of where the American people are and... Um, you can't micromanage a war from, from, from Congress, but you can certainly make decisions about where you do go to war and where you fund it. And, and again, it's done at the exclusion of helping. And you mentioned it, the homeless, the veterans, the people who have served in our, and protecting our own border, for goodness sake. They're totally fine with that, with just an open border policy, but they want to secure 
the border with Russia and Ukraine. I, I just can't even get my head around how, how backwards that is. I have to ask, too, about Senator Mitt Romney, of course, not seeking re-election. And I have to ask you, Jason, being from the great state of Utah, number one, do people in Utah still like Mitt Romney? And number two, why the heck did you not run for that position? Because I think that you would win that that seat, that position in the Senate by a landslide. I know you've talked about it before. Jason, I got to put you on the spot. Why not you? You know what? You get in, serve, and then you get out. My life will be complete if I'm not a United States senator. And I, you know, worry about the people that just want the power and just want to be there in perpetuity. I happen to think I could win that race. Now, maybe not. You never never quite know how things go. But I made a decision with my wife, Julia, that I wasn't going to do that. I've talked about, yeah, maybe I'll run for governor down the road. Not right now. But um, I just, you know what? There are other people that can do that job. Get in, serve, and get out. I hope there's other people that can do the job. I don't have uh, a lot of optimism. You know, I was talking with my parents last night when I saw, of course, Thune and Rounds voting for this. I said, this is South Dakota, and both of our senators are voting to fund Ukraine. I don't think the average South Dakotan gives a hoot about Ukraine. Um, So it baffles me that the reddest state, both of our senators decided to jump on that bandwagon. But I think that, you know, a lot of people discussing that some of these very red states have these senators that are willing to do this. And it feels like maybe our states don't have a lot to choose from. I know that might be the case in South Dakota. Nobody wants to run against them. Nobody has the funding. Nobody has the name ID. So in some of these smaller states, maybe Utah included, there's just nobody that wants to do it. Yeah, you need, uh, I, I can't fully answer that. I, I, I think I was in a position with my name recognition, the fact that I served in the House to, to do it. But, you know, you got to, at some point, you got to get a better balance in your life. And um, it is an absolute mess. One other point, Tommy, you know, the peaceful, the most peaceful time in our nation was with President Trump and with President Reagan. I'm old enough to remember the Reagan years. And we didn't have these problems. It's because we had the biggest, baddest, strongest military But we also said, hey, we're not going to do these types of things. And if we do, we're going to fight to win. And and, but this idea that we're going to continue to send hundreds of billions of dollars overseas. I mean, look at the way Afghanistan was handled. It was just an absolute disaster. And um, I I, I, we need to have a, a debate in this nation on this topic. But America first. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, you know, President Trump, as you mentioned, uh, he's taking a lot of heat, ruffling some feathers on the left and and some on the right. The the Never Trumpers are really upset about his recent comments on NATO. Uh, Let's play it and then I want to get your reaction. One of the presidents of a big country stood up, said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Jason, some people don't like it. I happen to love it. I don't think there's really anything wrong with what he said, but a lot of people really upset at the comments, appropriate or not. 
uh, a little bit over the top, but the president makes a good point. If you don't go to these NATO countries and insist that they pay their fair share, which is a percentage of the gross domestic product of that nation, nobody believes that they're going to be able to pay the same amount as the United States, but in proportion to what the American people put into the, you know, out of their pockets to pay, they should be paying too. Uh, guess what? When he did that, when he became president, there were hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars that suddenly flowed in to support NATO. We we can't take this on all ourselves. We are we are broke, folks. We we are thirty four trillion dollars in debt. We're paying more than a billion dollars a day in interest on our national debt. And certainly, if these NATO countries want the support of all the other neighbors and and NATO partners, you gotta pay your fair share. Don't get behind on your rent. Exactly. Well, speaking of that, I mean, if I were to not pay for my car insurance or my homeowner's insurance and then something happened to my home or my car, do you think the insurance company would just do me a solid? I don't think so. So Trump, you know, of course, he says Russia can do whatever they want. Maybe that part was a little over the top. I think he purposely does things to ruffle feathers sometimes. And that doesn't bother me. I think Trump in office, our our world would be much more secure and safe. We wouldn't have to worry about it. But, uh, you know, I also want to talk about the border, as as we've discussed, you know, the Democrats are going to have their, their talking points and their lines saying, oh, well, you could have secured the border, but you chose not to because you didn't pass this invasion maintenance bill is what I believe it was. But, you know, how effective do you think that messaging is going to be going into November for them? Um, I Look, for three years, the Biden administration told us, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Secretary Americas, oh, the border's secure. We have operational control. Don't worry about it. And then suddenly they saw the polling and woke up and said, whoa, now we have to have a bill. We have to change the law in order to secure it. Not true. They just needed to enforce the current law. And let's also remember the first two years of the Biden administration, the Democrats had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. and They did nothing on immigration. So don't tell me that you didn't have your opportunities. And when the House Republicans passed H.R. 2, which really did strengthen the border, they didn't even consider it in the Senate. You don't even hear a talk about it in the White House. So I think the message will fall on deaf ears. And the fact is, there are millions of people from the smallest city in South Dakota to the biggest cities in New York and Los Angeles and Minneapolis and Boston. Those people are there in mass. And those Venezuelan gangs and other gangs that are starting to form, the crime's going to happen. The money's going to is 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 flowing um, and, and it's going to break these cities uh, and particularly on the crime. Uh, they have no excuse. They were under control. They changed the Trump policy and they got to live with it in those sanctuary cities and those sanctuary states. I personally think they're fine with it. I think that they cry boo-hoo because they want more federal funding, but I don't really yeah, think that they yeah. care that their cities are being overrun. If it means more voters for them, I, I don't think they care. And I also don't think, I know that Republicans like to think that immigration is going to be maybe the issue that we can win on in November, but when I'm looking at the race even you know, yesterday, looking at Republican failures and, and inability to win elections, I'm thinking, I don't know. I feel like people that are voting Democrat are going to keep voting Democrat. I, I know we like to talk about this red wave and people are changing their minds and Trump's going to win all the swing states and we're going to you know, win all these other seats. And I wish I had more confidence, Jason, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking we can't even win some of these bottom of the barrel elections. So I'm not super optimistic about November. 
Uh, I'm not either. In fact, I, I wrote something for foxnews.com and I said, I, I think the Democrats are winning. It's not enough to be right on all the issues, to be right on inflation, be right on the border, be right on these types of issues. Democrats are, are better at this game. They changed how we vote and then they changed the way they get out the vote. Republicans sat around and complained about it. But where was, look at 2022, where was the big red wave? I mean, we were right on all the issues, right? But no, we barely, barely took back the House and lost dozens of seats that we were supposedly going to win on the Republican side of the aisle. But you know what? Democrats know what I do. They use not-for-profits. They use uh, unions. They get out the vote. They take special interest things like uh, ballot initiatives and get people out to vote. And uh, Republicans are just kind of left looking around saying, boy, I wish they didn't change those voting rules. But um, they didn't adapt. And I, and I think that's going to portend bad things happening in 24. I feel like Republicans also fail to talk about the solutions that they would implement to change things. Because even when we talk about the border, you know, I think that we often say we'll just do what Trump did. But to your voter out there that's not ultra political and they don't really know what Trump did, I feel like they need it to be a little bit more outlined what Trump did, why we can do it again. When it comes to crime, we all say crime is out of control. We got these woke DAs, but yet we've still got Soros money flowing in. The RNC can't raise money worth a crap. So I'm not even sure on the crime and the immigration, even the economy. I'm not really sure a lot of Demo- or a lot of Republicans out there running against Democrats are saying this is what I'm going to do to improve it. I haven't really heard the specifics, and I'm wondering if you have. Maybe I'm missing it. Um, there has not been a unified a unified voice. Uh, I happen to think the election on the issue sides will be about safety. Safety in your home, safety on the streets, safety on our border, safety overseas, and certainly safety in your wallet. And uh, what this inflation, I mean, these bad inflation numbers uh, that came out today, uh, or, you know, or yesterday, I should say, uh, really show that, you know, you can't just go down to your local place to get a cheeseburger and fries. I, I got a cheeseburger and fries the other day, um, uh, Tommy. Didn't even get a drink. And it was $18. Yeah. And I don't know how the average person can continue to do that in perpetuity. That's Joe Biden's economy. Notice they don't say Bidenomics anymore. Um, so people will vote for the issues that are closest to them. But I think the safety issue will will be the overarching theme of of, of how the Republicans should respond and conservatives should make their messaging. But, I, you know, I'm not that optimistic that they will. I think simple things like build the wall, throw people in prison, throw away the key. I like just simplicity of all of it. I think that yeah. helps drill, Clarity. drill, frack, little things that people can understand. That's what they're going to go out and vote on. Make it real simple for people. You brought up Joe Biden. Don't think he's going to be the nominee. I got to be honest with you. I was watching from my hotel room in New York last week, last Thursday night, when we got this news of this kind of emergency press conference. And I thought, He's going to announce that he's not running. He's going to announce that he's bowing out after that special counsel report called to him like a well-meaning elderly old man with a poor memory. I thought for sure he was going to step down. But no, his ego is too large. Um, I'm wondering, though, some on the left are trying to spin this, that his age is actually his biggest asset. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of them believe it. I don't believe he's going to be the nominee. Question is, I'm going to ask you, how do they get rid of Kamala and make room for Gavin? 
Well, you make a good point. I've been saying for more than a year, I didn't think Joe Biden would be the nominee and it's just getting worse. And I think they all know it. I think when you hear the, the Barack Obamas and David Axelrods and James Carville and all these real leaders within the Democratic Party, they're foreshadowing that this is going to change. But to your point, Tommy, I, I don't know how they get around their Kamala Harris problem. Look, they boxed themselves in by saying, we're going to pick the best person based on their skin color and their gender. They didn't say they're going to go out and pick the best person who has the most qualifications and is the best person to do the job. And so they've really kind of boxed them in. I I don't know uh, how they get around the Kamala Harris um, uh, problem because, I mean, she is polling as bad as anybody. She can't articulate to, uh, you know, and what has she done over the last three and a half years? So uh, they got a real problem there. They have other people, but not really well known. I I don't know how they get out of this box, but they're in a they're in a they're in a bad place. Yeah, well, it's going to be Gavin, and I think they're going to get rid of Kamala because everybody has a price, including Kamala. Um, so I think that's how they get around that one. But you know, Biden is making an attempt to to connect with people to to connect with the youngins on TikTok. Um, you know, called TikTok a national security threat, banned it on you know government devices. But Biden is now on TikTok. He had a video the other night for the Super Bowl that was pretty cringeworthy. Um, in case you haven't seen it, let's take a look. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles and I'd be sleeping alone, my wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'd get in trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. Um, I'm not sure that that helped his case because he seemed as old as ever. But do you think Biden Harris on TikTok is going to move the needle with young people? No. Um, you know, how, how disingenuous of the president. He goes out and makes the case that it is a Chinese tool, which it is. Um, and, hey, we're not going to put this on government devices. But when it comes to power... When it comes to winning elections, hey, I'm totally fine with it, kids. Let's get on TikTok and uh, make our case. So I I just really turned off by that. Uh, I'm not going to watch that garbage. I think he's he's old any way you slice it. And it's not just being old. There's a lot of older people who are sprite and, and you know, with it cognitively. He just, he can't string seven sentences together and and have them be coherent uh, without a massive teleprompter. And even then, he has a hard time getting through it. Well, I believe it was yesterday he told us repeatedly that history was watching. So that was another good yes. moment. Um, one more little Biden clip I want to play for you in case you haven't seen it. And in case maybe you haven't eaten lunch yet, um, here's Biden at the dinner table. So tell me about you guys. What you doing these days? Why don't you share about your passion of sports? I'm playing AAU basketball right now. Are you really? Are you guard? Yes, sir. Now, what grade are you in? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Right now, I'm just basketball, playing guard on the JV team for my school. How about the school? How are y'all doing in school? You should tell the president about the school. Favorite thing about it is the business academy I'm in. We get to like travel, so we've been to like NC State, uh, Wake Tech, and we. You're kidding me. Yeah, we went to this small dry cleaning business, and it's just it's cool. It's a great experience. 
So those kids, that family seems like a beautiful family, but I don't know what this is supposed to be. Uh, I don't know if he thinks this is going to garner him, garner him favor, favor within the black community. But again, a little hard to watch. A little? Are you kidding, Tommy? Who's going to sit around and say, ooh, give me more of that? I mean, that was obviously a very spontaneous moment where, you know, things just happen. It reminds me of Kamala Harris when they had to have paid actors and she told them about the moon and how great it was that everybody would get to see the moon. And I, I, that's kind of that same cringeworthy moment. Yeah, I just don't know where we go from here, Jason, but... I'm glad that we've got you to break it down. I always enjoy being on the big weekend show with you. I'm sure I'll see you soon. Uh, please tell your beautiful wife happy Valentine's Day. You've got a, a lovely wife. I believe at one point Joe Concha even calls her a babe on national television. Though that's been disputed, I was there and I heard it. So please tell her a happy Valentine's uh, Day. <laughs> thank you very, very much. We just had another grandchild yesterday, so it's a great Valentine's Aww. Day. We got five grandchildren at this point. So a good Valentine's Day for us. So happy Valentine's to you and your husband too and everybody in, in your orbit as well. Well, thank you and congratulations to you and your family and I'll see you real soon, Jason. Cool. Thanks, Tommy. You know that employment growth Joe and co keep touting? Well, it turns out the bulk of it has gone to, wait for it, the foreign born. It's time for final thoughts. So the economy is still crap, despite what Joe and his people try to claim. And when it comes to all the jobs Joe takes credit for creating, well, it turns out that's a farce, too. According to this report from, from the Center for Immigration Studies, all that so-called growth has gone to benefit foreign-born workers, both legal and illegal. You're shocked, I know. The study shows that compared to pre-COVID levels, 183,000 fewer U.S.-born Americans are working, but the number of foreigners is up 2.9 million since 2019. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when we open the borders, huh? I guess that's also another reason the Uniparty wants to keep them open and pass out work authorization perks for the cheap labor. We have imported poverty and unskilled labor, and that's not an accomplishment. Keep in mind, we also don't have the resources to take care of all these people. And while most liberals are unwilling to open their homes to the legals their elected officials keep welcoming, there, I guess, is a small subset of them that are willing for mm, a price. And it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Te gusta la ocupación? Sí. Sí. In fact, her goal is to open up her own restaurant. The couple has their work permits, and they've been taking English classes. Yo cualquier trabajo va a hacer para guardar mi dinero para... They're open to work anywhere to save money for their future. In the meantime, they're enjoying their time with Lisa, their new friend for life. Wait a minute. Did a white liberal woman say she enjoys hosting the black couple in her home because it feels like she has her own private chef? Did the left find a way to rebrand slavery as woke? I mean, that's what that is essentially, right? Woke servitude? This is truly mystifying, disturbing, and so 2024 liberal it hurts. So I'm just going to leave you with that. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.